Hello, and welcome back to Castle Rock Critical, and a little bonus episode for you here today. Um, basically, if you didn't know already, here at Castle Rock Critical and over at Castle Rock Historical Society, which is another podcast that we are big fans of and friends of, uh, we decided to get together and discuss our hopes, fears, theories about what might happen in the season finale. But not only that, we did it as a live Google, or not what used to be Google, is now a YouTube hangout. And we had a live chat going and we had uh, some listener questions in there. And it was a really, really good chat. And there were some questions that we hadn't even thought of. So we thought it'd be a nice thing to do to package it up here as a bonus episode before the season finale. Uh, It was just me and John there, but it was Acadia and Hannah from uh, Castle Rock Historical Society as well. And uh, yeah, we had a really great chat. So uh, if you want some crazy theories and some hopes and fears for the finale, here we go. I'm Len. This is John from Castle. Uh, we're Castle Rock Critical. Hello. Part of. Family. I'm Hannah. That's definitely not Hannah. <laughs> I can say that right now. Unless we've been hoodwinked all along this whole time. Um, you know, so that's Acadia, Acadia, and Hannah from Castle Rock Historical Society. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hello. And we're here on a Sunday. Thank you very much for giving up some of your time on a Sunday, by the way, everyone in the chat to, uh, to oh, talk thanks, yeah. uh, and you obviously, yes. and you know, everyone, all of us, uh, <laughs> for being here to talk about Castle Rock. Cause it's almost over guys. It is almost over. Aww. And yeah, I know. Right. I mean, what do we do when it is actually over? We've got like a year to cover, but well, well, we'll get onto that, yeah. but we thought it'd be great to, you know, get all of us together and have, you know, a live chat, you guys can pose questions in the chat. So the way it's going to work is we're going to have a discussion about the show. We're going to talk to each other about the show because we haven't really directly done that other than via Twitter or Instagram mm. or anything like that. Yeah. And then whenever you've got a question, just pop it in the chat. We'll talk about it, you know, as and when we see it. And, you know, we'll try and get to everyone's questions and that'd be awesome. So, mm. yeah, that's it. Sounds good. I think it's good just to start off with like, because we, we listen to each other's podcasts and, I think it would just be a good place to start by saying, uh, you know, what are your thoughts about the season in general? Because, you know, we're approaching the final episode and, you know, I think it's been a standout success. I don't think we could have anticipated it being as good as it has been. Um, What are your guys' thoughts on it? Just overall, just a summary of of your thoughts, feelings. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, So I have to say that the show isn't what I expected it to be. Not that I don't like it. I expected it to be more like overtly horror-y, but I still love it. I'm here for the ride. I think it's been a lot of fun. I think episode nine really, like I wasn't expecting to be thrown for so much of a loop as the show kept going, but it's kept me guessing. I've I've been wrong a lot, which has been lots of fun. And I think all of the stars are great. I have really enjoyed the actor and actress choices they've made for all of the characters and so enjoyed seeing faces from old King stuff. And it's been super fun. Well, new King stuff too, because I guess Skarsgård was an it. So I love it. I'm a fan. For me, I think the thing that made me the most happy is they stuck true to the underpinnings of what King tries to do or at least started trying to do like a third of the way into his career and then as a from a show mechanic thing they had at least enough of a plan to say in order for us to make compelling tv later on 
and not have to pay for Sissy Spacek every season. We're going to set it up so that there's a, you know, a way to do it that is going to make sense to people that aren't, you know, already uh, King fans. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's, it, you know, <clears throat> we, you know, Emma's not here. So she says, show it, sorry that she can't be here. And so does the, uh, I don't know if she said sorry. Did mm, she? She didn't actually say sorry. But she didn't say sorry at all. The rest of the well, crew. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, she's, she's the one who's read most of, you know, the most, I would say, Stephen King material out of all of us, mm. um, which is why, you know, it's good that we have our little King Corner segment in our podcast, which yeah. we really mm -hmm. enjoy. We really, you know, and uh, John does that hasn't read much of the stuff or, or you know, you don't like to read really. Do you? No, so, no. Very confusing. Very, stuff. very confusing. Yeah. So uh, he gets, you know, nice information every single week. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I, think I really what, enjoy it. I think what's great about it is the fact that it hasn't relied upon the Stephen King canon. It's forged its own story and mm. loads of little short stories. So, you know, I said this in a previous podcast that, you know, everyone's had a good arc this season, whether it be Zalewski, you know, and his, you know, tragedy and how that became its own horrible story in Castle Rock. And, yeah. and you've got, um, you know, Henry and you've got Molly with the shine ability and, you know, you, you know, you've got the Shawshank in isolation. You've got all these little narratives um, running through. They're all little individual stories. And that's amazing that they can just, you know, they could all just be short stories. They could be a collection of short stories. Yeah. If, if Stephen King, like he's released, you know, short story collections before, he could have released it and called it like Castle Rock. And, mm. and it would have been all these little stories. And you'd be like, oh, that's really amazing. You know, that's really cool. Yeah. And it's amazing that it, they, they just stand on their own and they don't necessarily rely upon what's happened before. Mm. They use it, but they don't rely upon it. And for new people, you know, who haven't read any Stephen King um, and haven't, you know, seen many of the film adaptations or don't really care about Stephen King in any way, shape or form, I think the show's still got a lot to offer. So... And I think that's the thing that surprised me the most is just how unreliant it is on the original source material. Not that there is a source material, but you know what I mean. So, yeah. I mean, from a viewer's perspective, we couldn't have been happier with how this season's panned out, right, John? Well, I mean, you say that. You are the more negative <laughs> member of the crew. Well, <laughs> yeah, but... I support I mean, you, John. But look, like... Again, I'm allowed to have an opinion. You are. I'm not going to love everything every time. You I'm are. not going to just dish out blueberries for the sake of it. Mm. Stop it there. So <laughs> hopefully everyone yeah. knows the blueberry system. Well, if they don't, then I'm sure you're going to explain. I'm going to explain it. If we ever reference blueberries, it's the way we rate things out of zero to five blueberries. It happens every week. Um, <laughs> there are no halves. There are no halves. So you can't go like two and a half. Blueberries. Oh, madness. that's madness. Nonsense. That way, you know, you have to fall down on a definitive number. It makes it extremely difficult, mm. to be honest with you. Um, uh... And John scored the most recent episode, episode nine. <laughs> he scored it a two. Now... <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to elaborate on why you scored it a two? I just, um, look, it's episode nine of a 10 episode season mm. uh, or series. Um, I just, uh, for me, I just want to stick with people that I know or characters that I know mm. and to spend, I don't know, 50 minutes or an hour uh, of TV with, at this point, hundreds of questions about what is happening in the season. Yeah. Uh, there are some things that get answered um and look if you listen to our podcast you'll hear me rant about it but uh i just didn't enjoy it mm. i didn't like it mm. it felt like a missed opportunity mm. uh to be honest um and the whole stuff with the 
uh, the cannibal. Uh, I was just like, what is going on? What is this? What, what the, is this? Well, <laughs> I, uh, just he gets bizarre, very, man. This is his, that's his angry face. He gets angry. So now everyone can see but then you get I to, see. Yeah, but you get to a point where you're like, have I missed something here? Or So that's interesting. I mean, what did you guys think? I mean, we were talking about this and um, we were talking about the alternate universe stuff. And I lo- I'm a big fan of the alternate universe stuff. I, you know, I reference in the podcast that I love Rick and Morty. I love, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll talk. What, what? I just read. Uh, just the, <laughs> you know, I'm going to read the, the chat is starting to yeah. heat up. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first question <laughs> that came from the chat and anybody that's uh, anybody that's in there, just sling questions as you go. Yeah, the first one is, what does Hannah's hat say? What does it say? Oh. It says this is the recap. Get it? Like a hat. Oh, oh recap. Ah, there you go. Pretty good. That's good. She has beautifully worn <laughs> a different sticker on that hat every episode that we've had. Completely well, forgetting that we're an audio only show. So it's yeah, just been it's, for me, it's, really. It's been good for me. <laughs> Whatever makes you feel comfortable, you know. We drink it. Melissa Malone said. I've enjoyed all the suspense and mystery it's made for a sleepless journey trying to figure it out. Dame Meow said she likes that it's been a slow creep rather than overtly scary. Mm-hmm. And then a comment about the blueberry hoarder, obviously referring to John. Ah. And then <laughs> then someone came in with like a, hi, everyone. My big question about this series is what is the voice of God? Is it snippets of conversation that get misconstrued in the schisma? I just hope yeah. this gets answered in the finale. Mm. Yeah, so voice of God, we've talked about that a lot, obviously, and um, the schisma. And we've said throughout this season that, you know, who who is the voice of God? You know, we've referenced the Crimson King, uh, you know, an overarching evil in the Dark Tower series and the King Canon mm. as potentially being someone who is manipulating people to do their bidding. But yeah. we've also said that after Odin Branch's speech about... Um, you know the fact that he he's coming at it from a man of science sort of perspective and he says it's all different universes trying to correct themselves Mm. Mm -hmm. um we think it is we're going to go with that for now i think that's what we sort of fell down on in the latest podcast yeah and and we sort of said that that's why in you know in the the end of episode eight which was past perfect i think henry bolts after he gets a call about Ruth going to the church and asking about Alan, but he actually hears a noise. He hears the schisma mm. and he bolts for the woods, very similar to how he does in episode nine. Um, when he's just found, you know, and he, he tries to run for the woods again. And I, and I kind of think that it's the, the schisma is just essentially these alternate universes trying to correct themselves. That's why everyone dies around them, you know, yeah. like they're, they're not supposed to be there. It's trying to get them back to where they need to be. Um, I thought but- that, yeah. Until I started going back through everything in prep for this show. And yeah. I know that Hannah's probably going to just think that this is a, I really want the kid to be evil. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to back into the fact that the kid is evil. However, you dig those heels in, Acadia. Dig them in. Yeah, listen, here's the, <laughs> if we're going to assume, let's, and, and I guess we probably should for purposes of the show. Are we going to assume that they didn't just throw stuff in there for no reason? Like a yeah. perfect example is the weird animal mask kids. Are they never, if they never get referenced again, then we'll know that the showrunners just, you know, they're like, Oh no, we're just going to throw in weird stuff for the hell of it. This you know is creepy. I mean? Let's do it. Yeah. 
or if they do refer back to it, then we can assume that they're not dropping stuff in that's not significant. The idea that the kid is just a poor, oh, woe is me, you know, I was locked in a cage and I was Henry Deaver and I was a doctor and blah and everything like that. Yeah. And uh, Michelle in the chat is talking about the unreliable narrator theory. Um, do you think it would believe... You would believe uh, believe more the kids' version of events when you consider how sweet he was to Ruth in the Queen episode. Mm. For me, <clears throat> the thing that was not him talking about what a good guy he was to Molly, which is essentially what all this last episode was, one of the things he asked in the beginning was, has it started yet? Mm. And what the right. hell is, what is he referring to and the difference between his experience in the cage and Henry's experience in the cage is that one would assume he remembers the fact that Lacey was yapping at him yeah. incessantly yeah. while he's smoking cigarettes for, you know, 27 years. Mm. He knows more than anybody else about what the it is. And I think he has motivations beyond just getting back to his other time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the unreliable narrator is something that we brought up uh, in our last podcast. You weren't a massive fan of it, John, just because you felt like, what was the point of the last episode if, 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 <laughs> if, if you know, some, but if some of it wasn't true. But yeah. I like the idea that there are key differences that might be incorrect and we might find out more about them um, in the next episode. Mm. I can't believe, and like Gareth said, he can't be here today either because he's in Australia and it's like 3 a.m. over there um you know hope he's sleeping well before he goes to teach many a child which is which is weird but um you've i mean you've made it creepy but no well he's just he, he's just not a very good teacher no he is a good teacher no he's a brilliant he's teacher. A brilliant teacher yeah um but he was saying that basically you know uh the the kid why is he acting so weird i mean he's been in the cage for 27 years and yes we agree that is a horrible despicable event that no one should go through but people have been in prison for that much time and, and have had interaction with people. Why has he not said this from the start? Why has he just been mm. like so weird and just said, his, you know, his own name, as yeah. we found out. Mm. And then also just then walked around with a weird shoulder problem and also just <laughs> creeped everybody out standing in the garden, in his dad's suit for ages, just like looking at people. It's weird. Yeah. So that is weird. Yeah. It's weird. What do you got there, Hannah? So, all right. The... In my personal answer with the voice of God versus schisma thing, separate concepts, mm. I think. Uh, the schisma isn't going to be able to tell you to build a cage in that it's like, oh, sounds like whale song. It's not English. So yeah. what I think the motivation for whatever entity, person, voice is telling them to build cages about, I'm not really sure yet. But I did have a theory about why the kid is acting so weird mm, right. um, in comparison to Henry, who... Um, also was locked up for whatever amount of time, lost his memory. So in the kid's world, Ruth has what he referred to as early onset Alzheimer's. Mm. Um, something that would begin affecting somebody maybe in their late 40s, sometimes as early as in their mid 30s. Mm. Now, even though the kid's body isn't aging, he's still, we could assume somewhere maybe in his 50s, maybe in his 60s. We don't know when he stopped aging, what age he was supposed to be because they had a 28-year-old pop possibly nine-year-old or a 40-year-old. Mm. But what if, I mean, early onset Alzheimer's has strong genetic markers. Maybe he also has inherited some of Ruth's whatever memory disease and he's affected by it in some way. 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a kid apologist until <laughs> the end yeah. of the episode somebody gives me a try, you know. Yeah. But there's a thought. I mean, you know, you love him so much. It is oh. a it, yeah, I mean, it is a thought. <laughs> I mean, it's not even that. Yeah. I'm just trying to make this thing make sense. Mm. And maybe being in the wrong timeline also affects your brain too, or the wrong there, or whatever we want to call it. Because mm. he does seem to like sometimes be pretty damn lucid, but other times not really at all. Mm. So, but he's getting more lucid, it seems, as he stays out of the cage. Yeah. That's remembering more and more. That is very true. They they have a lot to answer in the next episode. Um, yeah, a hell of a lot. I mean, even though they answered a lot in episode nine, I, I you know gave us maybe some rules that we can now abide by and sort of understand mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah, they definitely need to address. They need to make it satisfying. It needs to have. It needs to be a satisfying answer <clears throat> to these questions because, you know. I'm not saying you're reaching there trying to help, you know, give the kid is is out the outside, you know, the memory, the memory okay. issue, but that could be bang on, but I, we just need to know. And if that's, if it's bang on, then that's absolutely fine because obviously confusion of time and space has been mentioned multiple times throughout this season. Mm. So it doesn't have to just refer to Ruth. It could also refer to people who are affected by the schisma. So that is absolutely yeah. legitimate, but they just need to establish the rules. Because oh yeah, agree. A, a big problem going forward, and and look, you know they, they've given themselves lots of possibilities. Because with the alternate universe theory, now they can just they don't have to be in the past when they tell season two or season three or season four. They could just jump to another universe. It gives them a good out. Yeah. But the other thing that it, you know, there has to be rules established because right. otherwise. I know it's a supernatural show and, and we love sh- supernatural shows and stuff, but there has to be, there has to be rules for anything. If it's a horror film, there has to be rules. If it's a science fiction thing, there has to be rules. There has to be rules for a fantasy, you know, like game of Thrones Yeah, that you, you, you don't want stuff just happening out of nowhere Yeah, because then it's, it just, you, t- you know, it just takes you out of it. Like there's no jeopardy. There's no stakes, you know, right. You might be upset, but I listened to, you know, they have that uh, official Hulu yeah. after show thing with the yeah. showrunners. And the showrunners alluded to what you just said. Mm. And we're like, well, no, we're not trying to telegraph things so that there's a bunch of, Rules. you know, well, if this happens, then that has to happen. Mm. And yeah. I don't believe them. No, I don't believe you know, Because I'll go all the way back to uh, Colin Cuse <laughs> and Damon Lind- Lindelof just looked straight at the world and swore to God that it wasn't purgatory. And five years later and lost, it was purgatory. So I don't believe them ever. Yeah. It's very hard to trust showrunners, uh, especially with something like Lost, which, you know, I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Don't Josh, get Len started on don't Lost. Get started on Lost. Castle but, Rock. Yeah. Let's stick, stick to stick task. Rock. But yeah, no, you know, if they're saying there's no rules, I think that's poor form on their part because it'll catch up with them at one point and mm. people will stop, um, stop enjoying the show as much when you know people will jump the shark i said to you that this latest episode um it requires a leap of faith to an extent yeah. um, of certain viewers to say okay what well, this is actually happening is it and and some people won't enjoy the way that they've gone however i very much enjoy it you weren't a fan of it necessarily <laughs> and the others were sort of indifferent to it i'd say i think gaz liked it but the others were indifferent to it mm, right. um and I'm i could gonna- I'm going to yeah. throw in just because I want to make sure I keep yeah, up yeah, with the chat because it's kind of banging right now. Let's see. Uh, 
Warg says, I seem to think that what they're waiting for is the schisma door to signal an opening seems that it only opens every 27 years. That that could be. Uh, that checks out, I think. Or at yeah. least for whatever reason, it kind of seems like Henry is required to cross over because the kid tried to get back, but he couldn't. And then. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a yeah. pretty sure he came out of the cage acting weird because Lacey told him to keep his mouth shut or they'll lock him back up. Mm. Then. I think the woods is a fourth dimension object. And then and someone check me on this one. Didn't the kid say, I remember now when he was playing the piano, like he didn't initially remember his world. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I think yeah. he did say that. He did yeah. say something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and they the did make the point of saying familiar surroundings bring your memory back. So who and said then, that? Kudos to you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was thinking that when Warg says, I was thinking that when the two Henrys went to different timelines, there was another Henry there. What if the issue with Ruth is that the Ruths switched with each other, leaving one in each timeline? Wow. Um, well, that hurt well, this my brain. A wrench in everything, too, because I was thinking this when I was rewatching, because we had so decided that Ruth was some sort of like time traveling boss priestess or whatever. I still think that. And now there's like a whole other separate mechanic, and I'm worried that the show is doing too much, maybe. Like, okay, there's Ruth who can time travel. There's these people who can go between dimensions, worlds, theirs, whatever we want to call them. And now I'm like backtracking, like, is it Alzheimer's? Is it some sort of magical time traveling power? Is it both? What's happening? I'm... Yeah. I, I think that Oh, and Hannah, by the way, that's very close to your, our Henry, like Henry Prime, the one that we started the show with. Yeah. Is, this is not his right world either. That's right. it. Hannah mentioned that on our last episode, that she now thinks that the, the Henry that we have is not in his right place, even though he got adopted by the Deavers in this place. But yeah. for me, I think that Ruth... I think the Alzheimer's was a very tender and and wonderful way to try and teach people what Alzheimer's was. Mm. But I also think that it was a red herring as far as what her role in the show is. And I'm going to stick with this, you know, until they prove me different. There is no way that she could have gotten up in the middle of that service and gotten all the way to that bridge when the guy that's loved her more than anything in the world was physically looking out there at the time without anybody noticing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I they kind of buried she... the lead on that one too. They moved the camera away so that we couldn't see Ruth right. at all. Yeah. So, Like people would be like, hey, one of the three people at this event, where are you going? You know what I mean? That, that to me doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, and the mechanics of at least the, the idea of being able to go between one or the other, whether it's a thinny or anything like that. And I'll stick with the talisman. And I did get corrected uh, that your Twitter, and, and I know you guys probably didn't read the talisman. I know John didn't, but I, Len, I don't think you did. No, <laughs> no we, we, we mentioned uh, the, the Twinner theory and Todash space and all that sort of stuff in the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't read that, but yeah. Go the, the principle of it is, Everybody has a them in every other world. Yeah. And some people are special. And I had said, you can't go to another world unless your twinner is dead. And that was wrong. Oh. You can, you can, but you can flip at will 
if there's only one of you. If you don't have any other twinners, then you can flip at will. And I think that that Ruth, I think Ruth maybe did things to make a certain set of events occur. I still think that because I think Pangborn would not have gone into the barn super silently, you know, when he was yelling Ruth all the rest of the time and gotten blasted. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't a fix. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm running with. I thought you said Emma is the reader. <laughs> well, I think, I think the thing with the, with the queen episode and the Alzheimer's and Ruth is, you know, we debated it at the end of that episode. And we also debated it at the end of episode eight when they mm. had a conversation and there's a very telling line in the, you know, in the phone call that Henry receives, which is, uh, you know, the, the the new pastor ringing him, ringing him up and saying, oh, Ruth's just come by asking, is Alan alive in this time? Yeah. Right. So there is an interesting scope. I think it's both. I, I, I'm going to put my hands up and say she does have Alzheimer's because she, she has Alzheimer's in the parallel universe that we just went to. And that mm. is why Henry Skarsgård, as we call him, uh, you know, wanted to be an Alzheimer's doctor. Yeah. Um, that he understands it. Maybe he, maybe it is something more and he just sees it as Alzheimer's. Mm. But, um, and then, and they made a good point of saying as well that the doctor said, you can't, and it's true, you can't diagnose Alzheimer's until the person is dead, mm. which is also, you know, tragic and horrible. Grim. There's a horrible, horrible disease, it's a horrible situation. But I do think that it's both. I think that she's got Alzheimer's, but I also think. You know, her her back garden conveniently leads out to this multi-dimensional plane, the Todash space, where you know you can wander into different realities and timelines. So, well, that's the trick, though. Yeah, in the talisman, and and I know they're just borrowing from things. But the mm. big difference is, some people have to be near a thinny, or some people have to, you know, go Todash to move. But certain people that don't have twinners, etc., or and I don't know what their rules are going to be. Some people can flip just because they want to. Mm. And that's the piece of it that would be like, and Hannah and I use the, the, the Buffy Hellmouth analogy, you know, Castle Rock just happens to be on a Hellmouth. So this is why a bunch of stuff is going to happen. The, the, but this would be somebody can make stuff happen just because they have attributes that other people don't have. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know. you're getting hair compliments in the chat yeah len your hair is super awesome definitely not lens except that len's wearing a hat so that's john oh i guess my they mean john. well i could take my hat off i mean my hair's long at the moment that so is a, that is a mistake well i, I can't I believe no one's complimenting my hair i'm like the only one with a ton of actual hair well yeah, i'm the only one that hair. sees you all the rest of the time he's real hair he had um what did you have plugs wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> You know I, what I, mean. to, I was going to say something, Hannah, but I didn't want to sound super good. Hey, you look real nice on the show today. <laughs> yeah, we, we could. Well, all... that's true. <laughs> this was a lot of pressure because I couldn't record in my, you know, gym clothes or my pajamas or whatever right. normal state of dishevelment I'm in when I'm recording mm-hmm. podcasts. So. Yeah, no, we, we, we understand that. You know, you see the way John turns up every week. Absolute state. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, God. Um, but yeah, uh, what's going on in the chat? Is there any more questions? Well, let's see. I've got... Uh, uh, Michelle said maybe the noise is different universes colliding like grinding teeth, which I am 100% in on. I believe that 
completely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If Thanks, they switch Melissa. Place, mm-hmm, <laughs> let's see. Um, Ruth, uh, people agree that Ruth is a big piece of this. And then someone said, when the polar bear shows up in Castle Rock, I'm out. All right, that's fair. Um, that was dang out. Um, <laughs> and then I believe what was said was that the schisma was all the universes, which is explained, contain all possible actions and outcomes reconciling themselves. Very true. Yep. And then let's see. Oh. Wouldn't Alan have noticed as well if she had gotten up? Yes. That's I. That's my whole big thing that I think it it would have. And then everybody loves Hannah's hair, and John looks like he's twelve. So we got that going. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Are we the wrong way around? Because I look younger than you. Yeah, I mean, surely. you're wearing a, a cap backwards. Ooh, good question on this one, because Hannah noticed it. And since I don't just print out every frame that Bill Skarsgård's in and hang it in my house. All um, right. Do any of you guys have any thoughts on the kids' eyes changing color? Now, what now. do you mean by changing color? Because I did notice the heterochromia, but I, I wasn't sure if that had been going on the whole show. So, you know, I also stare at Jackie and other pretty people in the show, not yeah. just the kid. Yeah. Um, you would get on very well with Lucy, our, you know, other uh, member of the team. She is obsessed with Bill Skarsgård and the kid. Mm. Um, I saw an article, and obviously when we do podcasts, we do a bit of research. You don't, but I do. I do no research. You do no research. No. He doesn't make notes. It's mental. Um, but <laughs> John represents the audience. He's learning as Correct. everyone else is. Yes. That's that's yes. that's his story, and he's sticking to it. Um, I saw an article saying that, uh, and a picture. To be fair, going with it, one of the kids' eyes was different color, and I was yeah. like, "What's this about?" Um, I didn't give much credence to it at the time, but if there's something going on there, I, I don't know. Is it just, was it a trick of the light, you know, a camera trick? You know, there's so many of these things that happen. There was a mm. similar thing with Game of Thrones in the latest season um, where everyone's like, oh, the sword's come alive. The sword has not come alive. <laughs> um, it's just a reflection of it. So, yeah. spoiler warning for Game well, of Thrones. Well, you'll all thank me for my encyclopedic knowledge of Bill Skarsgård here, he doesn't have heterochromia in real life. So this is a choice for the show. What I think about what that means, I, I don't really know. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope it's not. I mean... I don't think it is anything. I, don't, I think it's a trick of the light. I think it's, a, it's... I saw the picture and it was his eyes through a car window when they were driving through the slightly happier Castle Rock. And the thing is, when you're shooting through glass uh, with different light, you know, mm-hmm. refracting and stuff, you will get trick of the light. You will get different colors, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, my job is I, I work in like TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so I, wow, get, I, wow. I, I see this quite a lot in. You've in the, made that sound a lot better than it is though. I'm an, well, I'm an editor. <laughs> it's my job. So I see, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see these things sometimes, like even when we shoot anything, you get mm. crazy reflections sometimes in the pupils of the eyes. <laughs> um, you do. Uh, you do, and I've just... got to correct it. I've got to correct uh, it. What about the dilation, though? Because that whole yeah. pupil dilation thing was consistent. That you that's found on purpose. Fight there, me. Right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm I still leaning on the the heterochromia thing being on purpose too, because it is actually in other episodes. But yeah. um, the pupil thing is super noticeable and seems to yeah. happen in response to the schisma. <clears throat> or, or certain characters' proximity to each other, which I don't know yeah. either. But 
that um i think episode eight was the first time i ever noticed henry's doing that though so i don't know what that means but we've seen the kids do it a lot yeah and i think molly's a couple times so you know what is what i think about this this show sometimes is you know on the previously ons you know like the things that happened before you right what happened last week um they're very obvious with mm-hmm. what they show, like the touching, uh, they made a big deal mm-hmm. of it. Um, they made a big deal of it and all this sort of stuff. And I, they just haven't shown anything about that. And and I just think the showrunners are so deliberate with the way they, yeah, they yeah. produce those things. And it, they just, and they've not even made a line about it. Like we, you know, we were talking last week about how, you know, Zalewski fires in the air, but yet <laughs> Molly still gets hit and he makes a specific line. He says, uh, he says a specific line. He goes, um, Guys, I definitely didn't shoot her. I definitely, in that. I didn't shoot exactly. in that direction. Exactly. Definitely not. Um, so they've they've put that that line is unnecessary. They, they, they've <laughs> and put, that is verbatim that, that line. Yeah, they've put them in. They've put it in there because next week, you know, and right. we've said this. I'm not, I don't want to just go off <clears> on a tangent, but we've said that the visions of Molly's death from the previous week do not match up with mm. the way she died in this episode. Mm. So it's clearly a separate reality. Um, so they've put that in there to you know, explain next week what actually happened. And yeah. it was actually Zalewski in another timeline or someone else in another timeline shooting her. Mm. So they've made, if they've made such overt efforts to sort of point out these key characteristics, I can't see this, the eye thing. Uh, I, I don't know what the word is. What did you call it? Hediochromia or something. I don't see it. I don't see that being, I just don't see it being important and I don't see it being relevant, mm. but no, that's my opinion. I mean, I hadn't noticed it. If people have been noticing it the whole season, then I can understand I'm it could be something. Much more invested in the dilating pupils than the different colored yeah. eyes. I don't um, even know what color my eyes are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, a lovely was blue. It, was it Terry? <laughs> Terry, I think, asked an important question because, like, this has been sticking in my craw. What's up with Desjardins? I want there to be something up with him. Yes. Yes. yes, he had he had a kid that died. He's got like a people cage in his backyard. There were two pairs of boots on his back steps. This guy's interesting. Why haven't they done anything with him? What's mm. his? That's deal? one of the things that I think. If they drop it, if they never, if they don't go back to that, then my entire opinion of the show is going to plummet. Oh, like, for sure. Retroact. I'll retcon to not liking it if they no sell that. Yeah, I'm like, did he go to another universe to try to get his kid and his wife or something, and then something went wrong? I don't get the box that clearly had a person yeah. in it, so, but so I mean, we talked about this as well, didn't we? But um, Desjardins, you know, obviously is, is is a is a family line that is in the Stephen King, um, some Stephen King things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Stand by Me, Stand by Me, the body. Sorry, is the the Stephen King short novel, short <clears> story, <throat> but. Um, I think, and this is the opinion of some of our listeners as well, is that uh, who was it that was talking to us about about basically a, a um, the schisma cult as we called it in our podcast? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also called it that, so we're with you. Nice. Yeah. So we think that next week, and some of our listeners think that next week, um, that uh, basically we will see potentially Lacey the Rev, Odin Branch, and who knows? Maybe Desjardins part of that crew. Mm. Maybe he's part of that group who could hear the schisma. He lives out by uh, yeah. Castle Lake, out by the bluff. You know, that's that's why it's such an important investigative point for the police uh, that when Henry first disappeared. So 
there's a potential there that uh, he could he could be he could be um, part of that group, and hopefully we get that explanation. I mean, if not, I, I'm pretty certain that we're going to see him in season two or season three yeah. in another incarnation of a story in Castle Rock. So it might not be important for this story, but you never know for maybe another story, it could have some relevance or his storyline might continue in the past. And we find out more about his character because he's a very interesting, creepy, weird man. I mean, yeah. he scared us slightly. Well, I liked him. You liked I did him. too. I thought he was fun, you know, yeah. like super creepy sort of way. Yeah. Very, very creepy. John yeah. gets very... his haircut there, so. Yeah, well. Out right. of the woods. Nice. nice that that is, that's very Maine though. And we talked about it when that <laughs> came up. Like, in Maine, and I don't know what the, the equivalent in the UK would be, you know, North Chester Wintershire or where, what your town names are. But... <laughs> In in uh, in Maine, once you go out of the one city, basically every private home is also some kind of business. They either cut hair or they sell firewood or they right. they glue a seagull on a stick and call themselves an antique store. Like everybody's got like a little side hustle going. So him cutting hair out of his house makes complete sense to me. Well, I like that. I like that. I just want to jump in and say it was uh, Tara who emailed us talking about the schisma cult. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank Tara. Yeah. Um, and saying all about that sort of stuff. Um, which, you know, in a, and if we had a side business, what would mm. it be, John? What would your side business be? Um, peddling Ped some sort of... Wares. Uh, beer. Peddling beer, yeah. My homemade yeah. beer. He brings me beer every week. So. I do bring you beer every week and, very, and today as and well. And they're very interesting. Anyone wants to see, they're from, uh, this is Germany. And yep. that's also from Germany. And John's even put himself yeah, on this sure. label. Yeah, so there you He's go. He's even put himself on that. It's like ah, a, cool. It's yeah, like yeah. a weird I know, thing. right? Look how weird that little yeah. fella is. So weird there little fella. He is. So, Scary fella. Yeah, that would be your I love it. Hustle. Yeah, that would be my hustle. What would be your hustle? Oh, my hustle. Mm. I don't know, mate. I'm just not that interesting. That's All right, well, that's not hustling, is it? No. No, it's not. Nothing. Just editing. That is actually my side hustle <laughs> as well. Podcasting. Um, yeah. That is a side hustle. But yeah, uh, different jobs, different needs. And uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Desjardins and I want to see him back. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And yeah. Gaz does I didn't have any beer, but I did eat a whole can of brown bread in a can and drink oh. a moxie before the show so i'll probably barf and most yeah. both of those things are super gross uh <laughs> oh yeah did you guys spot that soda in the last episode yeah. apparently it's like a real thing and it's yeah. it is a real thing so interestingly in our king corner segment uh emma mentioned it didn't she yeah and, yeah. and uh one of our listeners charles emailed in and said oh that moxie drinks in the jfk thing 11 22 ah, okay which it is and then Emma was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And then she was like, you know, Moxie's a real thing. And they have a Moxie festival. And we were like, let's go to the Moxie festival. Let's go festival. to that. We're yeah, going yeah. to the Moxie festival. Let's do so that. Oh, well, you know, we're going to have King Con, which is going to amount to everybody that's on this show, plus the, the rest of the UK contingent just hanging out, probably at my brother's house. And he actually <laughs> drinks, he drinks Moxie on purpose. Well, just for the sake of it, just for the fun of it. Because he likes it. Ew. Or else he's trying to be so... Because that's the other thing about people from Maine. They never shut up about being from Maine, case in mm. point. But <laughs> they're super fiercely loyal. So he will drink soda that tastes like somebody 
dumped a pound of sugar on a piece of tree bark just because it's a main thing. Right. Um, I mean, we've never. I've, I've been to America a lot. I've never been to Maine. No. And I desperately want to go well, to that part of the world. I think we will commit to that. I think we will. I think. I think what we'll do, and this is we've we've. We've talked about it in jest mainly, <clears throat> but um, mainly. See what I did there? Oh, um, uh-huh. by accident. By accident. Yes. yes. But what what I think we'll do is towards when the second season's about to start, mm-hmm. sort of maybe a couple of weeks or a month or so before the second season's into premiere, right. we might go out there and just you know ah. around and hopefully meet you guys and um, you know see some of the sites, see mm. some of the Stephen King sites because um, have a little knock on his door. Would he ever give us an interview? Do you reckon? What do you reckon, guys? If we got all of us together, do you reckon he'd give us an interview? Maybe if we um, yell loud enough outside the fence. <laughs> we would have see. to really. Um, it would be hard because he's. I mean, you can go. Just his house is just on a regular street. So if you want yeah. to see his crazy gate, you know, with the bats and the and the spider webs and everything, that's his, what his fence is made of. Yeah, and he is, you know, conventional wisdom is, you know, he's a super nice guy, but he's also, I mean, he's just so famous now. Like yeah, it, it, I think it'd be tough. Now, his kid, on the other hand, I mean, Which his one? kid would probably talk to us for no reason. Pick one. Yeah. How many kids has he got? Is he prolific? Is he? Well, I know of Owen, and I know <laughs> of uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah. Right. So I think two he's boys. Got a daughter that opened a restaurant, I think. Ah. Joking. Good. <laughs> He's just well, joking. It's Joe, it's Joe Hill. He went yeah. by a different name so that people didn't think he was just writing because his dad was. Ah. Or so his name wouldn't be joking. Joe King. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's probably Joseph, you bunch of trolls, but whatever. <laughs> oh, so now we've got Naomi is his daughter. And oh, there we go. He and, he and Owen are touring together. Yep, for Sleeping Beauties, which is the book that they just published. Oh yeah, and uh, Damien pointed out, "Don't go in winter." And actually, the the story about that was the like the first five times that I brought my wife to Maine, it was for reasons other than let's go to Maine. So it was always winter, or, and it was always shitty. Um, one time, I took her in the summer, and she's like, "Wow, if you had brought me here then, uh, like in summer, you could have tricked me into living here, but not now, because now I know what winter's like." Ah. <laughs> that ship sailed but i want to see it covered in snow and i want to see it uh eerie mm. and sort of you know i want to i want to see what it looks like in our universe of castle rock not the <laughs> not the autumn fall version. But i'm confused what universe are we in well john you know there's some definite science <laughs> behind it so <laughs> i don't want to scare you but there are million I'm billion scared there's an infinite number of you which mm. is quite it's, weird isn't it it's okay john this is just a simulation anyway yeah, that is true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you want me to unplug you? Well, no, I watched the podcast <laughs> on that earlier. I did, yeah. You watched the podcast? Yes. Well, you know, it's Joe Rogan's, so there's yeah, a YouTube thing. Yeah, he likes to talk. Well, no, Joe Rogan and uh, Elon Musk you talking don't need about to shout out Joe Rogan. He's I'm just way saying up there. Yeah. Well, is he one of the watchers or could you imagine? If Joe he might Rogan... be. He might be. Um, so yeah, we might be in a, a simulated reality. Very, I don't like thinking about those those kind of things. That's why I bury myself into television. I'd imagine if if we are, and if there are infinite numbers of me, yes, they'd all hustle and do the beer thing. Yeah, they'd all also give this episode there'd to be no, blueberries. Yes, there'd be no differences. <laughs> You're just consistent across the board. Yeah, exactly that. A constant. So. 
lost reference for anyone out there. <laughs> Can you mm-hmm. stop with that? Sorry. No Sorry. more lost. Sorry. No more lost. Anyway, talking of lost, where are we? No, yeah, talking Let's of lost. What do you think? Everybody, and we'll go around because I'm saving mine up for the end of it. But oh well, that's not fair. If there's one, no, 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 not the end of the show. The end of like I'm gonna be polite and ask all you guys first. But one thing I'm interested in is what thing will you be really bent about if they don't address in the finale? Mm. Hannah, you go for ladies first. Oh Lord, I have more than one. Like, first of all, Desjardins. I don't expose more of that. Let me look at my, my big old list of unanswered questions. Um, I mean, I so made a big point of that, but then never touched on it again. Mm. Um, what's on the tape that Henry burned? And why was he so upset about it? Yeah. Very good point. Forgot mm. about that. For Jeremy um, right, did forget about that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Where is Mrs. Lacey? Mm. And oh, now that I've now that I've thought about it, I'm like, and especially now that I've gone back and confirmed, Melissa was totally right about the lock not initially being on the basement, but it is after Lacey dies. Like, what yeah. did Mrs. Lacey take out of the basement? Was it something important when she moved? Or children. Or something suspicious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Larry, Janet, Ollie out. I yeah. think <laughs> that is that is legit because um, and I'm the the thing that I, I agree with you, Hannah, that she has to come back, and I'm really pinning it all on the fact that that I read that interview with Sissy Spacek, where Sissy Spacek went out of her way to say how great. Francis Conroy's main accent was and I'm like she was mm-hmm. she said like four things and yes it was a good accent but you don't base a, a mm-hmm. big compliment like that on that and can I just say I, I'm not an expert on the sort of different accents of America necessarily I've been there a lot but but her accent and I know this sounds really weird the first time I I heard it in that in that first episode I was mm-hmm. like fucking hell that's a good accent what <laughs> qualifies as a good no, accent? I don't know, but I just felt like that's what I felt do you, like. It's, it's do you mean thing. pleasant to the ear or well done? I, it felt like it's of the area. I don't know. I mean, oh, okay. you know, it was it was dead on. Or yeah. if, if you want to know how good it was, watch Pet Cemetery and listen to Fred Gwynn and how shitty his is. <laughs> and then you'll know by association how good hers was. Yeah. Because when when she said shorts, like it was a hundred percent. It's actually. Yeah. Depending on what vowels are, are, are said and not said, it's kind of similar to a British accent. It's just the the, the vowel sounds are different. And yeah. if you want to round up a main accent in one fell swoop, most people in the world would say Pamela Anderson. Yes. And people in Maine would go Pamela Anderson. So they right. just take the ah and move it. Put it so in the wrong spot. Yes. So it's faster right. to say. Oh, one okay. last thing that'll really piss me off. Who is the sheepdog? What's the dog got to do with any of it? Is he well, <clears throat> is he the actual devil? The, you know? When you say the sheepdog, do you mean the dog with Lacey at the, in the first episode? Yeah, the big English sheepdog at the beginning of the show with the white and the black. The Dulux the the dog. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I know no yeah. one in America knows what that is, but that's fine. The yeah. Big furry dog. Google Dulux dog if you're in America. That's your paint thing, right, you said? Yeah, yeah. It's the On paint show? Yeah, he he basically goes around. That's his that's his side hustle. He sells paints. That dog. 
It does, yeah. Amazing. In yeah. England, they things. have trained dogs to paint things. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Is it for fun or for labor? Because I like the idea of a dog painting for fun, but it's, not for work. It's for capitalism. It's for, it's for capitalism. <laughs> Sell more units of paint. Is what for. <laughs> uh, John, what's your most, uh, as you're the second most ladylike, what's your... Um, Why is that? <laughs> what's your... What's your with this beard. With, yes. Um... Right, so if anyone's going to kill themselves, yeah, I still don't understand why you'd like garrot yourself Brutal. so that yes. so that when the when you drive a car off a cliff, it takes your head off, and then a dog picks the head up and just buries it somewhere. Yeah, I want to know what's going on there. Yes, that is bizarre. Yeah, that is bizarre. Why and- has he chosen to kill himself in that way? Yeah. And I need to know why that's happened. And we've got you got to, you got a bank on the fact that look, I trust these guys. You know the showrunners; they've done a good job up to this point. Um, you know, Lacey opened the season essentially. I know we had the sort of uh, cold open of of Henry getting discovered on the lake with the noise, which now is nineteen ninety one. Yeah, which has been answered. I know you hate the time frames, <laughs> which has been answered. And then the, the the real show opens with Lacey and his wife, who we haven't seen again, obviously. Mm. Um, and his his suicide, which is quite a brutal opening to the show, mm. mm-hmm. it would make sense if the season is bookended with something similar. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you would hope that in the finale, maybe the first couple of scenes that we get are of Lacey and his motivations of why he's killing himself. Yeah. You know, you've got to think as well, in the alternate reality, the Rev killed himself. <clears throat> he went out yeah. to Castle Bluff and blew his brains out, apparently. But, so, okay, less but, elaborate. But, but again... Yes. I don't mind that he's mm. killed himself. Everyone has bad days. But it's the way he did it. It's sure. the way he's done it. Like, it's too much. It, and can know. we talk about the physics of that? Like, the dog didn't jump in the lake to get the head. Why would the head be on land where the dog oh, could find yeah. it? Like, how did it perfectly get dragged out of a window and stay? I just don't feel like that would work. And then mm. is the dog deep diving for the severed head so that it could bury it? What's happening? <laughs> also, dude was bald. So how did he, what did he grab onto? The uh, viscera the nose, at the bottom? The An ear. I don't know. Don't if be gross. If I'm just going to keep saying okay. viscera and going like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing I don't... That whole scene, and John, I'm, I agree with you 100%. I'm sticking with my green light. And actually, um, uh, Len, I might send you the screenshot or... Uh, when, no, no, Tommy Knocker's sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, there was... He was looking over at where the dog was. And it green light. And that was the only thing that it did not look like it was just the leaves or anything like that. Yes. No, I do agree that in that I've seen that article and that, you know, many posts on uh, Facebook and the Facebook groups that we follow. So they're awesome. Go check those out and, and Reddit r slash Castle Rock TV. Definitely go mm-hmm. check those guys out for mm. any sort of chat about and theories. And, and I've seen that theory a lot with the green light. Um, and I do think it is something I don't think it's nothing. I think it was very subtle. Mm. Um, he was looking at something in the woods. I don't <clears> think <throat> it was the dog. So put, put a pin in it, as we say in our podcast, and we'll, we'll hopefully get to it in the finale. I mean, they've just got so much to answer. I mean, Akeda, do you want to go next with yours? Well, I did have an idea in the chat that maybe it was a dog that was talking to Lacey, and he's dyslexic, so he thought it was God. <laughs> leave leave the chat. Leave, what? leave the chat. Come on. 
that's that's an absolute win. That's my, you know, oh what? my, my, that's my biggest. <laughs> my biggest is the and it, and it revolves around the kid, and not because I want him to be evil, but mainly because we know what the Reverend did in Boston Rock in the other universe he was like hey i got my you know i got my kid so i'm gonna talk to him blah 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 this you know and everything like that this is great but in a, in the world that we've been watching unless that was lacy's kid what was he going down there to talk about mm-hmm. and it, what did he he said you know ask for henry deaver when you get out Mm-hmm. The odds that Henry didn't say my name is Henry Deaver when he when Lacey, I don't know, fucking ran out from behind a tree with a big cartoon net and captured him um, or however he did it. Lacey's relationship to understanding what was happening and the fact that Pangborn believed him mm. is the piece that I want cracked open. Right. So, because so, there's nothing to me. There's nothing unless Pangborn knew that there was there was other stuff going on. Right. I cannot believe there's anything that Lacey said that would have said it made him go, "Oh yeah, yeah, totally drive off with that guy in the truck." Yeah. Now, Lacey does reference quote the crazy story that the kid told him the first night, which is probably like, "Hey, I'm from another world. I'm just trying to get back. I'm the Henry from over yonder, or yeah. whatever you want to say." And I kind of wonder what the kid's understanding of all of this is. Like, does he think that there's another him here? Does he know that the him in this universe died um, in utero or whatever? Yeah. So that's interesting, too. Yeah. Because he seems to think that this Molly will have the same recollections as his Molly when he talks to her. But they're obviously not the same. Yeah. Big shrug. So that's mine. I mean, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of other ones, but that's my big my biggest yeah. one. Because and also, if Francis Conroy doesn't come back, I'm gonna riot. <laughs> we we know that you are very upset that, that uh... it bothers me. Also, since she has a glass eye, if they wanted to do something with the two different color eye things, she could just pop one out, pop another one in, look the different colors, everything's good. That's acting. that's acting yeah um i think my biggest things are you know i just want i think there's going to be some deaths next week um i think there's going to be some carnage i think there's going to be you know i don't i've I've said all along wendell's a goner um i don't think that's going to happen i don't see there being a very happy ending uh for this show but what i do want um but what is your obsession with wendell definitely dying i just i just I just don't know, mate. I just got a feeling. I get. God this... damn it, no! I will freak out. I just can't see it happen. No, he's just a little kid. How um, awful! I mean, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. They killed a baby last week. No, they didn't kill a baby. Well, he came no, back. He got better. Um, yeah. Didn't but no. Work. I, yeah, I know. I just, I, I, I really. What I, my main takeaways that I want from the show is it's done such an amazing job so far of setting up castle rock as a character mm. in itself the atmosphere the place that the sort of aura that it has you know just the way they've shot it and the way <clears> they've 
use the music excellently and the, all of that sort of stuff to really make it feel like its own lived-in character where all of these tragedies have happened. Mm. Um, and I'm happy with the alternate uh, universe thing because I've read Dark Tower and I'm and and you know I understand that you know different realities is completely part and parcel of the King Canon. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all fine with me. What I need. And I don't need necessarily definitive answers on things like Lace even. I don't even need that. But what I need character-wise for people like Henry, for Molly, uh, for Wendell, um, for Ruth, Ruth, very important Ruth, I need finality. I need to know uh, to an extent that these characters are done. Like we don't need to revisit them. Now, look. Sometimes you get unsatisfying endings, Sopranos, mm. um, Lost to an extent, uh, you know, some <laughs> other shows. Um, I'm fine with that. And if that's the way the show wants to go, but there needs, to, I need closure on at least a few of these characters. I don't want it to be open-ended, you know, because then it just promotes too much. There's no, like I said, there's no rules. There's no speculation. Mm. There, it's just, there needs to be something. Yeah. Maybe and Wendell's going to get trapped somewhere else. Well, like well, the know? chat just said, like the the consensus in the chat is that Wendell's going to end up going through the schisma. Yeah, and, and I tell you what, that would be good because it makes sense. He he. Now the thing about and if anyone, I, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm just going to say spoilers right now about Stephen King stuff. And we've talked about Todash space uh, and the Todash state is a way in which, and and you mentioned it, Acadia, that people can travel through different dimensions, and it's not. Uh, everyone doesn't have this ability. Mm. It is an ability that is, uh, I don't know if it's even hereditary. I, I think it's, I don't know how to say it, but it, you have the ability to do it. Obviously, Henry, in all realities, yep. has the ability to do it. Mm. Um, Wendell, because he's the son of Henry, very possible that he also has the same ability. So if you put people with the Todash state ability in a place where there are thinnies or rifts in between realities, yep. there is a possibility that they will go to another reality mm. um so very very good shout i easily see wendell hey who knows maybe wendell is you know the protagonist of the next season i don't know like gives them an out right <laughs> it, it does a different reality a character that we are sort of established with to a point he doesn't have to be a kid forever i mean depending on what their rules are we yeah. don't know the rules yet mm. about age why haven't they aged etc um, but yeah, Wendell could easily be go to somewhere else, and that could be a sort of driver for next season potentially. But mm. then you get the same sort of story. And yeah, that's I'll say, uh, yeah. That I've got a question right directed at you, Len, from the chat. But I also yeah. wanted to point out that uh, Dame Yao said Wendell has to be important because J.J. Abrams needs to make up for Walt. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, as a, as a Lost fan. You know, anyone who watches the first two seasons of Lost and says that it's a bad show of television, they're lying because it's a great. Oh, I never say it's not a bad show. They just, no. they just, they no. didn't stick the landing. No, yeah. I know they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't stick the landing, and they went fucking all over the place. Fair play, yeah. I, ex you know, and if you, they blew it, basically, they, they didn't blow it. They blew it. They blew, they blew it. it, man. I think it will still go down as one of a very, a very turn, a turning point for television. It was a definite turning point for television. Um, that show, but Walt, yes, completely agree. That was a thread 
that they uh, did not follow mm. uh, in the correct way. They sort of were like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like Walt had some sort of abilities? And oh no, no now we just forget that. Well, they <laughs> so, made, and then know. when they made Castle Rock, they were like, hey, Walt made birds die, so let's do that. And Terry O'Quinn looked down a hatch, so let's do that too. Come on, Abrams. Mad, mad, isn't it? What was the question? He knows, he knows the question he's mad. Was, uh, the question for Len, since you read Dark Tower, do you think the visions Molly sees could be the vagrant dead? So Molly's visions, Molly's, Molly's visions. That is interesting because I, I don't, and I think this, I think with Molly, I think... Her vi and we've said it's just like the shine, basically. Yeah. Right. And that we 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 pretty much carte blanche across all of us said that. Um, and her visions, her visions for me have always been interpreting people's emotions, right? So she's got this empath ability that we've talked about a lot in the podcast. Yeah. The visions that she sees recently, when she touches uh, <coughs> the kid and she sees the alternate reality, that's interesting. She's obviously, judging. The kid is in our Henry, Henry one. Sorry, it's confusing alternate uh, universes. Mm. Um, that's interesting because she's feeling his emotions. But the visions that she saw, saw in the previous episode were of another alternate reality where she touched, you know, where she saw her, the visions and her death was completely different to the death that we just saw from the kid, mm. right? So, like how so though? Because I don't think I noticed that as much. I thought it looked it had the bloody knife, and she was like on the ground, and uh, the kids stepped over her to go after Henry after no, talking to her. It's um, maybe I need to go back and watch it again. It was with a knife. The previous vision was with a knife, and obviously she was mm -hmm. shot. You even see, I think you see like a bullet wound. I did check mm -hmm. it. I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. you saw a bullet wound. So, I think Molly's visions are completely related to the shining or or as we've said a lot um uh, the dead zone so what's his bloody name not not frank dodd that's the strangler but the other yeah. one charlie smith is it christopher walken christopher walken um his character <laughs> in the film basically her abilities mirror that in a way he got his visions through touch she doesn't necessarily need to do that yeah but they are related in some way they, i mean every episode has had something to do with their connection the strangler died in her house you know fact mm -hmm. you know it's johnny in the dead zone by the way johnny johnny smith not charlie smith johnny johnny's why we need emma see she just comes up with the name straight away and i'm more well like, thank think. you michelle for that yeah no oh, thanks michelle um yeah so look i think i think molly is the sh has got the shine ability and that's 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 all it is i think i think i think the dark tower stuff um is just leaning into this alternate reality stuff. And you know what? I would love it. And I said this, anyone who um, follows the Stephen King stuff and like all of his novels, going back all the way to like Insomnia and that sort of stuff, the Crimson King <coughs> is a thing that we've been banging on about all season. And I would love it. And I said this to you as well, John, that if in like five seasons time, they just keep putting little Easter eggs about the Crimson King in. And then on the fifth season or something, they're like on their final season, they're like, you know, it's been this entity all along pulling the strings mm. that for me would be a really strong narrative arc especially in relation to stephen king stuff because you know that's essentially the overarching arc of all of his multiverse stuff so yeah but don't you think that that is a bit too like niche like for, yes. for the... well if they earn it 
if they yeah. spend because if we think of casuals you know casual fans that just said oh i like creepy mystery shows mm. i think castle rock is delivering so far i think but so. if they start revealing this kind of stuff and tying threads together maybe they can bring them along without having read all the books mm. you know yeah. yeah i mean it's possible I feel like John and I are on a wavelength here. That seems ambitious. Cool, but like ambitious. It's ambitious. Yeah, like, uh, it's ambitious, but let, let's let's relate it to let's relate it to something that's out there already. Say something like American Horror Story, right? Yeah. So American Horror Story, they're now trying to create a continuity in their in their um, sort of you know that everything's in the same universe. Mm. You know, they all relate to each other. Um, I want it to be a thought that happens at the inception of the show. Obviously, we know that all of Stephen King's works influence this show, and we've seen mm. the Easter eggs. It would be an amazing thing to build oh, to build up to that point. And you know, you've got to be ambitious when you start a show. You you can't be sitting there thinking we're one and done in terms of season making. Like loads of shows get cancelled, like Firefly, like all these other great shows get cancelled. Fine, but they went for it. They didn't close out their show necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, they have bigger plans and I, I think in the writers room they've got to be thinking right what's our end goal and what's our start goal and then you block out the seasons and then you have to just end each season and they've they've written themselves into a beautiful position because they've gone right we're an anthology show so no matter what happens now they could end any season and anyone would be satisfied because there's no need it's right. a whole new story the next season right so they put themselves in a really good position mm. i just hope that they keep dropping these little hints and this season there's been like seven or eight crimson king hints so you know i think it's in their thoughts there's no way like the chess pieces and the, you know literally the king being read like the, the in the queen the, the crimson king is literally sat there mm. there's yeah. no way that's just there like there's no way so and well, no, no, I think everyone agrees with that. But, yeah, and the but, bird but yeah. tying that into the whole yeah. uh, show that the, the end goal is to get to the Crimson King. I, mm. I just, I think if they do it, it will be very like uh, after after the fact kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, um, I, I hope it just delivers. Hey, look, I, I hope they are going in that direction. And Glenn, I love your unshakable faith in the show and its writers' room. It's, Delusion is what it's called. It's I'm, admirable. It's heartwarming. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I feel happy. like a I feel like a cynic now. I'm, well, very, I'm the positive one of the podcast, so that's my fault. Sorry, I'm, I'm, they call me the hype man because I'm. Acadia, always... am I the John of our show? I. Hundred <laughs> percent. Unless, unless you someone slaps a Skarsgård sticker on it. No, not really. You want <laughs> the, the? I it's agree so with kidding. Len, but actually for a cynical reason. Oh, I think that a uh, twist. Yes, I think that they decided, because I think this was all said and done before the Dark Tower flopped, but I think now the powers that be, you know, that own the rights to these properties and everything like that, yeah, are going to say, all right, well, that died, and part of the reason why it died was because we, we, we tried to explain an entire unification mythology in a, like, an hour and a half movie and that didn't happen. I think they're they're going to try and educate people. Not that not that we're going to see these characters in a movie. I think that they're going to use this as a vehicle for King Incorporated, as it were, mm -hmm. to teach people how the world works, so that that 
people would be more looking forward to film properties in the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that, and it's an insult to the Dark Tower series that they made an hour and a half film and yeah. tried to cram, mm-hmm. you know, all of the material in there. It was insulting and it's devastating because, you know, we're big fans of Game of Thrones, for example, mm. um, like massive fans, read the books on multiple occasions, did a podcast on it. And um, y- you just, you couldn't see Game of Thrones working any other way than a serialized HBO show, to be yeah. honest with you. It needs the budget and it needs the care. It needs 50, 60, 70 hours of television. Yeah, to it needs the minutes. Yeah. It needs the time the nuances dark tower is exactly the same you know it needed to be a hbo series probably probably yeah. just in terms of budget mm. um realistically because we all know what happens like when amc get their hands on things like <laughs> the walking dead um ruined it so uh it's you know it's one of those things it, it's a shame it's a shame but i hope dark tower gets uh fair th- you know thrift in this show and i hope that um I just hope that it gets another shot at a film or several yeah. films. It needs mm-hmm. to be like a, at least a trilogy, at least at the bare minimum. And it's a shame because Idris Elba, you know, he's our boy. He's our, you know, Idris Elba. We love Idris Elba. We do love him, yeah. Yeah. Ruined it. Next James Bond. Well, he's not. He said no, no to James Bond. He, is, he said no, no yeah. to James Bond. But he yeah. said no to him. Come on. Not to it, take away from the Idris Elba chatter, but Terry in the chat and I are on. Like, <laughs> see, I'm not the only one who wants to talk about boys in uh, this podcast group, clearly. But Terry brings up another question that I've had, which is who's breaking into Molly's house and for what purpose? Good question. Mm. Yeah. They want something. They're not stealing money. They're after something specific. And I want to know if Molly knows what that is. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, there was another good one further up. Uh, Who pushed the goddamn Reverend off the cliff? Maybe he Uh, just fell from shock. Like, well, someone said, actually somebody said, uh, and I can't find it now, but I remembered it. They said uh, maybe he thought he was going through the schisma too, but he didn't get to go through, so he fell off the cliff. Yeah, like, and like, I don't know, like, he, he bounced off style. an That would be wall. hilarious. Yeah. Right? That was Tara that said As long as I get to see it, that would be brilliant. Right? And yeah. then uh, somebody said that their head would blow up if they brought Christopher Walken in for an episode. And I think... <laughs> <laughs> but i think they could make they made such a and hannah remember we we talked about this way way at the beginning when the when the bangor strangler was mentioned yeah. and molly went out of her way to say no there's no such thing right. i believe to this day that because the bangor strangler was mentioned in the dead zone tv series i right. think that the show was specifically saying that's not canon so when we talk mm-hmm. about Dead Zone stuff, we're only talking about the movie. Or the it, book. Yeah, it's so tricky. The, the book, it? rather. It's so tricky to know whether it's the book that they're riffing on or the film. So, for example, yeah. Jackie Torrance references uh, her uncle, uh, Jack Torrance, uh, and says that, you know, he went mad and murdered people with an axe. That's clearly related to the film because yeah. in the book, he doesn't... It wasn't a rope mallet. It- yeah, so yeah. it's it's codependent on what I think the audience knows best. And mm. to be fair, they'll probably go off a lot of film adaptation stuff than they will mm. books, and yeah. that's just the way they're going to go. Mm. Um, yeah, in terms of the Rev being pushed off the cliff, um, yeah, I think he, I, I'm bang on about him just falling off the cliff. 
thinking he's walking into the toe dash space and then just and, then, <laughs> and he stays there for a little bit with his little yeah. legs going before yeah. he falls <laughs> and he looks at the camera and he goes wah, wah, wah. Yeah, holds up a little sign yeah so what's the what's the thing that the reverend writes down for oh henry did it henry right. did it right. well, someone thinks it means he came back but I don't think it could be that because it was too much later. I think it's that more I, the he I, crossed over. He crossed and, over. He did yeah, it. He, yeah, yeah. he heard the voice of God, and I think the Rev saw him disappear before his eyes. Mm. So he yeah. did it. Is reference to the fact that he he heard the voice of God in his eyes, and, and he, he crossed over, but the Reverend didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he did it. Yeah, makes sense. Oh, Melissa has three notebooks of unanswered questions. You're my girl, Melissa. I yeah, too have good. tons of notebooks of unanswered questions. <laughs> And they will remain unanswered after this episode, I feel. But there you go. I kind of agree with you, John. I mean, I'm mm. I'm bracing for that. <laughs> I mean, I, oh well. For little things, I I guess an example for me of something that if they don't answer it and they just want to chalk it up to the town being weird, it would be you know the Lord of the Flies animal mask kids, you know, yeah. playing SVU. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That to me would be something that if they didn't go back to it okay they're just trying to say how weird the town is you know some of those things you could just chalk it up yeah definitely. yeah i, yeah, I think they're just putting that as like a little vignette and there was a telling line in that sequence as well which was like where are your parents oh mom's a you know they're all drunk a, a mellow tiger and yeah. and all my dad's are at shawshank so it's kind of like just building that universe kind of building that you know, this town is run down, that sort Very of... Very bleak. Yeah, broken America kind of feel that it's trying to portray or something. I don't know, like, you know... We don't know, no. We don't know, because we're not know. there. But, no. like, that's the idea, you know, that's what I think they're getting at. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, we're broken Britain at the moment, so we can't say anything. Yeah, that is true. We're yeah. very divided. I know, like but kids are. aren't running around with masks and stuff. They are, actually. What part of London are you from? Hello. <laughs> right now, <laughs> London is mental. Yeah, well, that's where I live. Yes, I know you do. So I'm yes. worried about you getting home. I'll well, book you a I'll stay here then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. Right. Back to task. Back to well, start. that's sorted. <laughs> I tried to sound British then by saying yeah. sorted. Ha, ha, ha. It did kind of work. Hey, I'm working. I'm trying to, I'm <laughs> trying to do cultural exchange, Hannah. This is a cultural so exchange. Then, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, well done, everybody. What, yeah. What? Uh, I guess. What do you want to have happen? Not what we think will happen, but what yeah. would? And and I guess we'll have to center it around the two Henrys. You know, Henry and the kid. What do you? What does everybody want the resolution of that to be? Well, I want them both to go back to their respective timelines and stop killing everyone. That, I mean, right. well, yes, I'm not a fan of death and destruction. Well, okay. I want Henry. Well, even when you're watching something like this. I mean, I like gory death. And I like, I mean, let's put it this way. I like the dead and breakfast, the bed and breakfast, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, we call yeah, it the yeah. dead and breakfast. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> that, was, that, that was amazing. Puns. Puns. Yeah. Mm. That was amazing. Um, but we care about Henry, definitely, is in henry our henry not mm. henry skarsgård i mean i know you hannah care very much for the kid but in our universe he hasn't <laughs> been represented in the most you know amazing way mm. um but now after that most recent episode you care about him as well and you know he also has a mother because you know he's the true born diva son his mother has alzheimer's ruth has alzheimer's mm. he wants to cure it i want them both to have a resolution that is you know happy however they're not going to yeah. get it they're not yeah. they're not going to get it no like, 
And no, let's not no. forget that the kid may have a pregnant girlfriend who exactly. is left alone. And We're so I kind of, in a very dark way, want him to get home. And it's been yes. like 90 years. Yeah, and well, that would be weird, wouldn't it? Because we know that it's 11 days or whatever. For 27 years, it's 11 mm -hmm. days because that's how long Henry was gone for. Yeah, right. That's what I mean about the rules. We need a bit of consistency. Is mm -hmm. it going to be 11 days for Henry Skarsgård? Well, yeah, he may come back and it's like Futurama times. Exactly. Like, be robots awesome. and aliens everywhere. And he's got loads of descendants because his kids kept having kids and he can go hang out with his great, 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 great grandkids. But... Yeah. Do kind you of a no good deed goes unpunished thing. I rescued that kid from a basement and now my entire life has been ruined. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but do you think, and we mentioned this on the podcast, that no matter what timeline it is, Wendell will always be called Wendell. So basically the fact that Henry will always name his kids Wendell. Mm. What do you think? Because he's a oh. 90s kid and he liked the song Hey Mr. Wendell by Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> yeah, I wonder because the two Henrys aren't, like the same no they're not so they're not. and i still haven't gone to look on imdb but it might be like a marin and then a merit yeah but i didn't look i don't know and i wonder what andre holland henry would be in this other universe like did he stay with the biological family yeah. that gave him up in castle rock classic yeah I, it's interesting because if he's the one who would always name his kid wendell then it's different than Henry Wise or yeah. Henry Skarsgård or whatever you Henry want Henry Wise. Henry Wise. So, uh, speaking, yeah. speaking of Henry Wise, I think this is a good question to pose to everyone who's uh, who's potentially watching and, and us guys. Obviously, the 27 years, and we've just mentioned it there, is a massive reference to the Pennywise and, uh, and his, you know, he comes out every 27 years and, and murders children. Or before <laughs> that, it wasn't children. It used to be, you know, adults potentially. Or, and he, he, he found a more sweet taste for children, as it were. Gross. Macabre, thing to macabre say. creature that he is. Yeah. Um, he is like a demi-deity god type creature, yeah, yeah. John. Well, I know that you've got a sweet taste for killing kids. Well, like... He has, hasn't he? He loves it, mate. Well, yeah, that is true. You can't but... get enough of it. Well, it's him easier. Him it's and easier. It's him easier to him kill kids. would get on very well. Anyway, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But basically, do you think we're going to see Pennywise or get any more reference to Pennywise or anything at the end of this season? Because 27 years, fair enough, <laughs> they've gone for it. Um, and it might just be an Easter egg. But, you know, does anyone out there think that we're going to get something more concrete about the reason why it's 27 years? No. Uh-uh. No. Well, that's a shame, isn't it? Well, yeah. I uh, Look, I mean, we called it in the very first episode, didn't we? We did. That it could be something, um, and it and it won't be, um, and it shouldn't be but, like. But the, the idea that every twenty-seven years, um, that basically the reason Pennywise, why does Pennywise? I can't remember if it's explained in the book. I read it a long time ago, but I mm. can't remember if, if there's a reason why he arises every twenty-seven years. That might be related to you know, the hell mouth theory that you guys were talking about and that sort of idea of, a, of, of an event mm. that might happen at a certain time every, you know, and that's why all of these events come explicitly, but I'd love a little bit of explanation my, as to why it's 27 years. I can give you my super cynical one. When, yeah. when King wrote it, he needed to write the kids like he knew because that's when the time when he was a kid and he set yeah. the current part in the mid 80s 
and he just had to yeah. do math from there. I don't think he had a yeah. because and the and the reason I say that is it, he made it part of the of the world, but just like the 19s in the Dark Tower, he was like, oh well, I better go back and re, you know rewrite the Gunslinger and dump a whole bunch more 19s in there so that it makes it yeah. makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, I think it's just a number yeah. thing. Like, ooh, this number. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, it probably is. It probably is. But could you imagine if we just saw a little Pennywise lurking in the woods? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't always manifest as Pennywise. That's just like the course. most amazing That's one, nice. I guess, most memorable one. So who knows what it yes. would, if it were involved yeah. at all. But it's Giant dead. Spider. Of course, Probably we don't know if that's dog. in this universe. Maybe. Of course, who's deathly afraid of a sheepdog? Not me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Saying. Just saying. Yeah. Could be. No offense to anyone thing. who's got a dog phobia. But. Yes. It's so very rare, have... that. It's actually very rare phobia. Yeah, dogs are wonderful. Cats so have it a lot, though. If the dog is going to be evil, it's like, oh, that man's best friend thing got turned on its head. The chat is lighting up yeah. about that birthday party scene. I think we, what does everybody think about that? The weird birthday that the kid witnessed with the domestic violence and cake. Oh, right. So we 100% think that's in the past. We said that when we did the podcast. Yeah. Um, we Obviously the Animal Cracker song, very vintage. Um, it, it, it felt like it was something that had happened in the town previously. Then how is um, the kid watching something... it or sitting there? Yes. The yeah. But remember when Molly taps into his emotions using her ability, mm -hmm. uh, she hears lines from the body, from um, Cujo, from loads mm -hmm. of other places that mm -hmm. he would have no knowledge of. Because let's face it, he, he, if we believe that he is Henry Skarsgård from the very happy, I'm a very successful doctor about to have a child universe, then why would he know all of this stuff? Yeah. Right. So it opens up that interesting discussion about the unreliable narrator again, but it also brings up the points that, you know, maybe he can see because he's not meant to be there. He can see past tragedies that have happened in mm -hmm. this universe. We said Gordy at the time, Time, we said Gordy was a reference to Gordy Lachance from um, right. Body uh, and episode eight, we said that Gordy might be Gordy, you know, Gordon, the Dead and Breakfast um, owner who yeah. went mental and murdered everybody. So we think it's a past look, no matter what <laughs> happens, whether it's yeah. Gordon from the Dead and Breakfast or Gordon uh, Gordy Lachance from Stand by Me, because he had a abusive parents so um and i don't know if they killed it if one of them killed one or the other or, or whatever but no idea yeah, yeah i can't remember but um but yes that's our thoughts yeah so what do you guys think so molly does say when she comes in contact with the kid that feeling what he felt was like seeing the misery of every bad thing that had ever happened in this town and it kind of makes you wonder yeah. why that would be since at least what we're being presented is that he's not from this universe or whatever maybe it's some sort of effect of passing through there or i don't know yeah i exactly. not exactly. sure i i do like the idea that it is gordon from the the murder hotel but then i'm not exactly yeah. sure what's happening with them placing the kid on the screen at the same time while they show us that like he's watching that happen and then him going to pout on the roof about it so yeah i'm not mm. i'm not sure what yeah. i think but I do like the idea of it being Gordon's past. 
And why did he wander to that house specifically, almost as if he knew where it was? I tried to see if that house cropped up in any other episode, but I didn't see it. So, yeah, Marie. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I, I know I keep hopping on this, but the fact is, is that the kid is self-aware about what his effect on people is. He told, yeah. yes, he told the Nazi guy that he shouldn't touch him. And, Agreed. you know, Lacey, either he was educating Lacey, and I guess maybe that's the crux of it for me. The kid obviously didn't know what the hell had happened when he popped into this Castle Rock. Right. So Lacey sat there, what, explaining it to him for 27 years? So that he was like, mm. oh, if people touch you, something bad's going to happen. That's why I wear these big ass gloves until I yeah. take them off and touch you. Like the the mechan the the one that knows is Lacey, mm -hmm. and how he knows and who told him, I think is is definitely the the crux of the whole thing. Yeah, but Lacey cannot... does have that line that's like dragging evil everywhere you went, as if he didn't catch the kid immediately and some things precipitated that right. whole deal we don't know what dragging evil everywhere you went means but there have been some events between the kid arriving in castle rock classic and then lacy capturing him i think yeah but they yeah gave, well he in the alternate yeah. one the reverend gave his interpretation of why he needed to cage up the henry he got because yes. he's a deceiver because it yeah, because it devil. was like his temptation moment. It was his temptation moment. It was him wandering through the desert, no water. Oh, here, right. here you go, mate. Here's some water. No, you're the devil. That's the, that's his moment there. Okay. And, um, and I think they told us that specifically because in his case, he wasn't looking for a Henry. He just got one and then said, all right, I'm not so evil that I'm going to kill this kid. Mm -hmm. But I am self-aware enough that I'm going to say, all right, you know, for whatever my own crazy reasons, I'm going to lock him in a cage. Lacey went looking for his Henry. Right. Yeah. Well, and they both got their voiceovers for those two episodes are almost exactly the same. They say the same key yes. lines like, you know, let me stand athwart the door, but God doesn't take directions. But then I got told to build this cage and also the devil who was this kid that I imprisoned. So yeah, there are a lot going on there. Michelle in the chat just pointed out something interesting. Uh, she said that, that young Henry supposedly set the fire in Juniper Hill because the other kid was getting too close to him. Yeah, the witness yeah. lighter and he set the mattress on fire, almost like Henry didn't want this other kid to touch him. And I'm going to set my mattress on fire to prevent that from happening. That'll fix him. Yeah, that'll show you. You know, I mean, don't I hit him with a broom or something. <laughs> Definitely go to those lengths. Or, you know, just don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah. But it's interesting that. It's interesting that whole thing about uh, our Henry as little Henry in the alternate universe saying that to the kid at Juniper Hill because all he knows from his time, he, he we were told by the Rev that he literally turned up on his door saying I went into town no one knew who I was I came home and then that's when I you know it was the devil trying to tempt me I locked him up mm. so he's had no interaction other than just running into the town <laughs> for literally about five minutes and no one knew who he was right mm. mm -hmm. he gets locked up how does he know about the touch killing people because 
the rev's been close to him. This the all the the only interaction he's had is with the rev. Yeah. As we as far as we know, like it'd be madness if there was anyone else that found out about the Rev's weird imprisoned child down in the basement. They'd I'm guaranteeing they wouldn't be like Desjardins. Well, yeah, Desjardins the only one. But yeah. but how does he know? Oh, don't come too close to me. He's a little kid. <laughs> Desjardins <laughs> had the cage because the Reverend had to do something when he needed to get his hair cut. So he just yeah, brought him exactly <laughs> whack him in the cage. I get my hair cut. Oh, what's yeah, unbelievable. Have... <laughs> so do you see what I mean? Do you see what I mean? There's, there's no way he could know that. Right, unless something happened that he didn't tell the Reverend about. So... Mm, uh, or, like you said uh, earlier, that more time being outside of your reality makes you aware of yeah. everything. You know, Maybe like Castle Rock too. Sort of Maybe where he ended up with the Reverend wasn't the first place he went when he went through the thinny, too. Maybe. Maybe. Very, very possible. My anxiety is growing about there being like a third there that we're going to Yeah, but the third one is not going to be welcome to schisma orientation. Please pick up your pamphlet and we're going to go through. (laughs) So, yeah, because where's the timeline where Ruth goes down the stairs in her pretty sunflower dress? She doesn't have her hospital bandage on her wrist anymore. And the balustrade is different. So what's that timeline? Stop saying long words. I know. Well, actually, that uh, we'll, might not we'll, even be we'll the come, right word. We'll I, I think after this point, we'll go to the chat. But like, I just want to say about that timeline about Ruth is that Alan's story about her answering the door uh, that he says to Henry is very <clears> important <throat> because he says she came and answered the door, looked like she'd been to hell and back. That's a literal line that she he yeah. says mm-hmm. about her, and then he said, "Please, you know, don't go stay." Totally. Yeah. And when we see that scene, she's had a shower and a bath or whatever. She's doled yep. herself up in a nicest and she's gone down to see him. <laughs> she's gone down to see him, right? Yeah. And we know that's not the case. So just talking about that timeline theory again, that's worth thinking about. But um, yeah. is there anything going on in the chat? I can't yes. See and my... the other thing, speaking directly what you said, Len, the kitchen wasn't messed up. And the pan yes, wasn't yes. burning, you know. They were they were two totally different things. So I got there's yeah. there's a really really um, uh, good one. There's and I lost it. All right, so here's all right. We got in the crazy theory. Here's a stretch. Says Damiao, Henry did it. Could mean that Henry found a cure for Ruth's dementia, which means that they can fix Ruth. Yeah. And then, Very possible. then there's a question from Jackie Torrance. If we're discussing the kid's powers, is it possible the reason he fist he still fist bumped Zaleski is because he thinks Zaleski killed Molly in Boston Rock? Yeah, I thought about that too. Like, is he actually kind of mad at Zaleski because of I'll what happened you. to his Molly? Oh, fuck. Yeah, because Shit, he. We don't know what he I... knows about how this works. He oh, pissed. That's yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a good point. I, I what if he's trying to save Molly, John? What if he's trying to save her? I just uh, like I, I, he doesn't strike me as malicious. The kid. Yeah. Hmm. That is, John, I know you. I know. You and I he, has, he hasn't. That's why you and Hannah are like kindred spirits. Uh, I, but I'm I'm just saying. Like, I mean, I wish he was. I wish he'd just burn the whole town down. To be honest, well, sick of all of the fire. But yeah, he just like he hasn't overtly gone out of his way to kill anyone. 
Yeah, I, I do agree. He reacted very calmly to being stabbed with a screwdriver. Like, wouldn't you have gotten mad if you're some guy and just like snapped this old lady's neck? You stabbed yeah. me in the kidney with a screwdriver. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is the thing. But it's his they, mom. It is his mom. It's well, his mom. There you go. You know. Well, do we know it's his mum? Well, we could be lying, yes. Just back to the unreliable narrator. <laughs> Damn you, the show and the showrunners, for making us uh, mm. try and think we've got a handle on anything uh, going into the season finale. But yeah. they've just got so many questions to answer. Is there any questions in the chat that are making me, you know, my head hurt? Yeah, think about anything at this point. They're all there. Everybody's we're all jumping in the same hole, basically. You know what I mean? Like, as far as the kid, I think everybody's basically what's happening is everybody that doesn't want the kid to be evil is coming up with increasingly flimsy reasons as to why that's not the case. Pardon mm. you, flimsy. Okay. <laughs> I think we're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. And, you know, can't it just be gray? There could be things that he did that were objectively bad, but you have to think about human beings and how they respond to trauma. Let's agree that he suffered some horrible trauma. He's angry. He a bucket. It's not that much trauma. Lacey came and talked to him. He probably gave him some cigarettes. He had he had his. Well, we know he clipped his fingernails. Mm. I probably would have strangled Lacey through the bars, but you know, yeah, I don't know. I keep using uh, the John... Sea World metaphor. Put something in a tiny cube yeah. for a long enough time, and it's gonna. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to say we, we're big fans of the nurture, not nature theory, mm. as in like, you know, he's been put in a box made to feel that he is the devil for a long time. Mm. Yeah. John has a very interesting theory about the cigarettes, don't you? Well, it's not a theory. Ah. It's not a theory. He, just, he, if anyone wants to listen to something about actual cinema, John, well, no, John I mean, uh, historically, and, and, you know, I said this and, yeah. uh, and I got a, a fair few complaints, to be honest. He did get a few complaints, <laughs> but it's actual fact. But it's All fact. Right. Um, so obviously, in in oldie time cinema, uh, if you wanted to convey some sort of, uh, I don't know, sexual liaison, let's say, uh, oh no, you'd say, oh, well, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, you go, well, they seem to be having a good time, you, and then they cut to something, it comes back, and they're smoking. So, you know, everyone knows, you go, oh, well, something's happened there, but we don't have to say what, you know, what's happened. Right. Okay. Well, so you know what? He did the... Actually, if, uh, if this kid's in a, a cage and there's a bucket <laughs> of cigarette butts like that, oh, no. I, well, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, what did the CEOs say because when they found the kid? Was... They called him a fuck slave. Sorry, my mom is watching this live stream. Hi, mom. Oh, yeah. I said fuck hey, slave. Collector, this is just me in advance saying, if you knew how many things that your daughter says that I cut out of the show. Hey! <laughs> I just got, you just sold me out to my parents? So no, I left, them all. Yeah. I left them all in because I wanted to say that the reason that our show comes out after uh, Castle Rock Critical was because I wanted to make sure that nobody thought I was like, you know, stealing ideas from them or anything like that. And, it, but also it's just cause I'm really slow at editing and that's why it oh. takes long. Well, I think it's clear from this discussion that we all have very different ideas, which is fun. I, yeah, I, yeah, it's good. I think the main reason you come out, you guys come out after us is because of time difference. So basically you know, we're too. five hours ahead of you. True. Um, so we have a five hour we have a five hour head start. So it's nothing to do about 
that. It's just the simple thing is that we all have day jobs and in the evening we meet up and discuss the show. And then because we're five hours ahead of you, our evening is conveniently before yours. I mean, it's just, mm. that's just the way yeah, it is. It's like They're living in the future. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm going to have to we, ask we, we technically could tell you <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah. The oh. comes out. I can't. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> Hannah, <laughs> Hannah, I'm gonna have to ask you to read the chat because okay. I may have to go barf. Uh, scroll up to what Tara says about the um, okay the thing why that I can't. Kid, yeah, why would the kid's nails grow if and he didn't age or need food? Why wouldn't his hair? Well, he did have a beard though, so like some hair grew. He was clipping his nails. That's it's like in some ways you continue to age but not really because his hair and fingernails are still growing but he's not aging at all so yeah that is interesting i don't know and he i I pointed out in one episode the super gross thing that he had a poop bucket in the in the thing so he's still creating waste yeah what's wrong with the poop bucket i have one right there um you know, with Buffy, right? You know, you mentioned the Hellmouth earlier. I remember an episode of Buffy. Buffy's a great television show, by the way. From well, Joss Whedon, absolute genius. Great. It's an unbelievable show. It's revolutionary, John. Oh, my God. I know it's not We're your... going to start another podcast. What does John actually like? Yeah. yeah. What does John actually like? I'm the host of Westworld. I love Westworld. He loves Westworld. He loves Westworld. Like... Um, but basically, there was a Buffy episode where they said, like, the, if the fingernails still, like, grow... When they're like, you know, it's a demon basically, and they don't age. It's an interesting little mm. tidbit there oh, for cool. you. Just huh. thinking, thinking. That's a definite Buffy episode. Check you it think out. Is it like an immortal being? You'd be able to bypass all that unpleasant stuff, like clipping your fingernails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's true. That's true. Save but, some money on the. I need some so... nail clippers. <laughs> Where are my nail clippers? Yeah, and um, um the kid ate. <laughs> The kid ate a donut in his current timeline, so maybe we're assuming that his diet used to be slightly normal, but then when he's out in prison, he's not eating anything except white bread. Don't know what that's about. I guess donuts and white bread are kind of similar, in a way. And for anyone... Similarly empty of nutritional value. Um, Yeah, Wonder Bread classic. Mm. Yeah. No, so we don't get it here. No. Well, we they wouldn't do. ship bread from America to. Well, England. there you go. If you want to ship us some Wonder Bread, you guys aren't missing do, much. Do, but I'm it'll be mold by the time it gets here. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'll film John eating it for yeah. the sake of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. live yeah. stream, like Jesus. Yeah. Could you imagine? No. Okay. No. Not not. Um, You'd rather have brown bread. Oh, that'll keep all the way <laughs> over. Yeah. So now uh, uh, I think we're good. we're we're creeping up on the two hour mark, and honestly, I would just do this for like the next seven hours. But we should probably try and reel it in to stay right yeah, close to two hours. But mm. um, Melissa, in her tome of unanswered questions, does exploding casket syndrome have anything to do with anything, or was that just a fun? You know, because they said only recently deceased people can experience that phenomenon. And the Rev had been dead for a very long time and reinterred at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with my extensive knowledge point. of corpses, she's right. Yeah. You, you know what? 
show, and I don't want to have to say it again. The more I'm thinking about Lost, uh, I'm thinking about a juggler, and he's got two or three balls, and he's juggling them. But he thinks oh, I'm going to show the I'm going to show the audience something. I'm going to juggle five balls, six balls, seven balls. He's mental. This guy. He's got he's a eight, ball juggler. He's got loads of balls up there, nine or ten. He's just going mental. Hmm. Um, there are too many balls in the air at the moment. Uh, that's another point I haven't even thought of. <laughs> There's too many balls in the air. Uh, you know, from just from this chat, I've sat here and I thought, right, we've got the Dulux dog, we've got the balls, we've got what's Lacey doing, who killed Odin Branch, uh, is Ruth's story going to get mm. is it for Henry and that lot? I'm just sitting there thinking, wait a minute, there is so much that needs to be discussed. And right? solved in a one hour in a one hour show of television. But this is what I'm saying. This is why episode this nine is, is such John a bad episode. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, I think I like honestly, I think Melissa just solved it in the chat. She solved her own question, and actually, probably well, if they reveal it right, the Reverend from Boston Rock had just died. That when... Reverend. Would have been fresh oh, enough to Ace. have exploded. Wait, 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 Hang on. He had just died in 1990. Well, when they crossed over into 1991. No. The kid. Oh, wait. Yeah. No, but yeah. we don't know what year it was in that when. Well, no, but so, have... like, how would that work, though? Okay, my theory. Because that reverend died in 2018 in that timeline that yeah. in this 2018, somehow his body is what's in the casket. Nah, rat. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to riff off theory. I'm going to riff. I think that that is that might be bang on. Basically, if he killed himself at Castle Bluff near the point of entry that we know that the the realities you know mm-hmm. go between, mm-hmm. there's a possibility he misses with the other rev. There's a possibility. There's a possibility there that he might switch places with the other rev and is actually the new fresher more dead rev you only been dead for 11 days Very does it po- work like that no know. no one but that's what i mean we need rules mm. we need how rules. the hell how the hell would dead people switch places too how are they doing that because they're dead ruth they is dead. doing it it's the schisma trying to reconcile all realities i don't know but that's my that's my mm. go-to answer well, it's a good one yeah okay. I like, actually i think if you aren't you know good if we're- good answer we are all right if we're riffing weird theories just for the hell of it, I think Willie is Desjardins' dead kid from another timeline. I just wanted to throw that out there oh, for Fonzie. Yeah. Uh, going full, going full tinfoil. Well, let's get our tinfoil out. I'll go get some yeah. from my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> i got to get all the crazy out of my system before the final episode. So there was another thing that sometime around 3 a.m. I was thinking to myself, huh, I really want Desjardins to be involved again. So I'm just going to make this work. <laughs> Yeah, oh. sometime around 3 a.m. I was going, fuck, this takes a long time to edit. Yeah, well. The I just do the thinking my, part. My my biggest tinfoil thing is the Ruth pulling the strings behind the scenes. And it's not just the Pangborn not calling out to Ruth or anything like that and and that kind of stuff when he got shot, but also mm-hmm. the the ease with which Pangborn went from, hey, I saw you 27 years ago and you look exactly the same and I got this long letter from Lacey saying that you were evil, blah, 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 blah. And then the kid just goes, you know what you should do? Drive far away. 
and he just goes, okay, yeah. well, don't you, you know what I mean? Like that, it, it's, it's, right. he well, was in ha- on it. There has to be some timeline stuff going on somehow because the gunshot incident that they talk about was sort of explained to us almost as if it was Ruth shooting Pangborn in the shed. Yeah, no, that doesn't so, jive for me. And also yeah. there, there's somebody told, somebody killed Odin mm. to stop something else from happening. You know what I mean? Because I don't think it would just be Willie going, oh, you know, on second thought, maybe I don't want you to jam a hot poker into my head. Yeah. And I want to know if Odin understands that the schisma may be the sound of like a thinny opening. Like, what is his goal in studying the schisma? What is he trying to get out of it? Yeah. Right. I I think, you know, the more we talk about this and the more we discuss it, I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? We're just not going to get answers to some of these things. But Oh, shoot. Melissa, you're brilliant. Could that gunshot have been Zaleski in a different... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We... We were saying earlier how Zalewski, in a similar timeline, didn't fire in the air and fired directly. Um, and, it, you know, unfortunately for Molly, she was in the Todash space because yep. she was Henry. So therefore, she is susceptible to all possible realities. Um, you know, I... Oh, bye, Warg. Gotta leave from the uh, chat. Thanks. Thanks, Warg. Um, no, but... I just I just think we're going to get a lot more answers, but we're going to get a lot more questions and a lot of non-answers. And I think people mm. just need to accept, uh, try and focus on the characters. Now, I'm going to, I don't want to talk about Lost again, but I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm very sorry. I love the show because I think the thing that Lost did very well is that it was an excellent character study. So no, no matter what happened, take away all the super you know, natural things that happened around it. Mm-hmm. There's not a better show on television. I don't think that went into characters in a soul and the way that they operate by the use of flashbacks and, and the way that it constructed its narrative with those characters. Um, I just hope that there's a satisfying resolution for the characters, right? Ignore all the stuff around it. Ignore all the stuff around it. I just hope there's a resolution to the characters and, and for the characters that we care about, <laughs> you know, like Ruth, Ruth, especially to be honest with you after Alan's death at, we love Alan. Mm. Um, he's my favorite character. Legend. Scott Glenn is literally one of my favorite actors. He's in the leftovers. If you haven't seen the <laughs> leftovers, go watch it. It's unbelievable. Um, he's awesome. Alan Pangborn's awesome. And after that, I want Ruth to be happy. You know, I care more about Ruth than I do Henry. And Molly. That's a, yeah, that's a, look, that's a fair shout. I, I really do. I really do. Her story is tragic, and I, I really want her to have a happy ending. Mm. I don't know if she will, yeah. but I want her to. Well, that's what they I want you to feel. I was satisfied like. knowing that in the other world, she was with Alan, and they lived in Sarasota, and everything yes. seems nice. It is satisfying. It is satisfying. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I feel sorry for Ruth and Castle Rock Classic. She's having a rough go of it. Yes, she is. Uh, bless her. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Tough times. Um, I mean, that, that does, you know, the, the idea of multiple timelines, and I think you guys talked about it on Critical, you know, the, the idea that knowing that there's multiple timelines, if you don't build the, the love for mm. this iteration of this character, then their death has no consequences because you know yeah. that, you know, in the other world, something else is going to happen. Uh, and I exactly. they did do a good job of making us care. The yeah. reason that the and and lost 
from a from a character standpoint, mm-hmm. I I to this day will say they did more reinforcing what those characters were and why they did what they did yeah. than any show I've ever seen Agreed. to this point. Um, but and Westworld, to its credit, went the other way. They're like, "Oh, you're gonna like these credit, but really, this show is a video game, and you have to play it." Because if you just watch it like you'd watch, I don't know, Big Bang Theory or something dumb like that, you're not going to have a freaking clue what's going on. You're going to turn it off. Mm. The thing that Lost did was they made such a big deal out of the plot. And they made the plot a character. You know, oh, there's going to be answers for all these things. All this stuff is going to make sense. The Part of the reason why you're watching this is to figure out what happens. Mm. They did great with the characters, but they didn't treat the 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 plot with as much love and that's Mm. what that's what ended up souring me on it at the end Mm. and i can't believe that abrams would not have been informed by that when making castle (laughs) rock you know what i mean i mean i know he's not that super hands-on but there's no way anybody working on castle rock didn't have lost in their heads Mm. yeah it's it's tricky isn't it because a name carries a lot of weight and J.J. Uh, Abrams' name carries a hell of a lot of weight at the moment. He's arguably up there as one of the best directors, executive producers in the world. Mm. Um, he is the founder of arguably the mystery box format. And the mystery box format is something that is prevalent in Westworld, in Lost, and also in this show. So it's a very tricky one. Um, I think he's refined himself as a, as a producer and as a director. Mm-hmm. I think he's not as involved as we think he is in this show. I think he's financing it. I think he's financing it. I think he's financing it with Bad Robot or or, or his production company. Yeah. Um, his say on the showrunners, um, Sam and Dusty. I don't think that he has any creative uh, say on the show at all. I think Stephen King has a more creative say on the show. Um, but do you reckon? I think so. Yeah. I think he does. I think he does have a more creative say. I think there was rumors that he was in the writers' room ah. for this. Show. Like not writing specifically, but like helping steer them towards an ending and certain plot points. <clears throat> and I think he will become maybe like George R. R. Martin was for a time on Game of Thrones. We might write an episode or two next season. Who knows if if the show goes from strength to strength? Yeah. Um, but don't worry about JJ too much. I mean, it is weird how all of his shows seem to have a mystery. It is. It is weird how he associates. I don't think it's weird. It's just that he it's likes his, that. Doesn't it's he? his IP. I mean, that's you know, if that's his form of storytelling, we've just mm. got. And I, to be fair, I love that form of storytelling. As long no. as the answers, it's fine. Hundred percent. And I, and I believe that that the the real spiritual parents of these shows is the X Files because yes. the X Files was the one that said we can have a big thing going on. And and I think Hannah and I, you, you and I talked about this at one point. The, the X-Files said, okay, we can have the mythology, but also we'll have Monster of the Week. And what Lost did was say, we can't have Monster of the Week because everybody's on an island, but we know that we can't just hit people in the chops with, you know, um, mythology. So we're going to do the flashbacks. Yeah. Sure. And, and that made yeah. us care about the characters. And that was brilliant. I think Westworld does the same thing with, with yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah. And Castle Rock has kind of been following a format of an episode will essentially give an exposition of one character with events happening around them. So who do we think the character is for the final episode? 
That's true. It's, you know, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird because Henry was obviously the last one. I mean, yeah, the there's kid no way. Of... Yeah, there's, yeah, there's no way that. they can. So... Jesus, could you imagine? That's left field. <laughs> no, because the reason I say that is because that thing that Melissa found, the fucking lock was not on the door. Right. <laughs> Mrs. Lacey <laughs> wandered around the house trying to find the lock. Then she had to wander around the house trying to find the goddamn door and lock it. So it was important. So she right. knew what was up. So you yeah, like argue maybe it. like the first episode was our Henry, sort of. Um, but yeah, if it's Desjardins or Mrs. Lacey, I'll be happy. Yeah, well, I think I think what I think it's been really fun, by the way, and I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, and great. slightly tipsy now. Had a lot of beers. What I'll say is, I think maybe after the season finale, like maybe a week or two after the season finale, and sort of get our thoughts on it all, because I think we've great chat. It's been amazing, and thank you for you know to everyone who's. Um, been involved up to this point and, mm. and and asking us these questions because you know we hadn't had some yeah. and we're literally having to sit there think about them on the fly um but i think it'd be really good if after the season finale we got together again um maybe a couple more of our group maybe if they could be available and yeah. um i mean they're not you know a necessity they're not a necessity we're the we're the <laughs> dynamic <laughs> duo <laughs> uh, but batman you know, and batman batman and <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, um, but yeah it would be good to, to sort of actually look at it because at the moment obviously it's a lot of speculation mm. and now when the season finale happens i think we could get together and really start if we want to pick holes in things we can pick holes in things or alternatively if it's really good we can sit yeah. there and go you know what they did a fucking great job with that season finale yeah and 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 they really blew our socks off so I think they blue buried our socks they off. They blue buried our socks off, John. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Unless you guys have got anything else to add. No, I, I'm. I'm. I think that's a great idea. I, I love it. And I think thanks to all the Castle Rock stars in the uh, the chat, this was a lot of that's fun. Right. I, that's guys, what I've been looking down at the whole time. Yeah, you guys really have have made this way. I mean, we would have had a conversation. It would have been one tenth yeah. as good um, without. Yeah you guys in the chat and definitely also now that i know in advance i can do a trailer for it not like an hour before the show so that would actually build up interest because now i just like making trailers you know oh yeah hey the chat wants to know how many blueberries you'd rate this uh summit you guys <laughs> summit yeah well you know this summit for me is a good five blueberries it's nice to right. finally meet you guys for sure yeah it's yeah, nice to finally meet you guys for sure because obviously we've been chatting a lot on social channels and stuff mm. and uh it's nice to get different takes on it because i think our shows <laughs> at times have really different takes on the episode and i really enjoy that it's like um you know there's there's four or five of us in a podcast at times mm. and there's a lot of voices in there but it just goes to show how you know this show is so important and and so impressive at the moment because it can be interpreted so many different ways. Yeah, and yeah. you've said things today that I hadn't thought of, and I hope that we have vice versa. Of, yeah, and, I, 100%. and the guys, the guys in the chat have done the same stuff. They've literally made us sit here at times, and they've probably seen our confused faces, <laughs> deer in the headlights. Like oh, I, I have no <laughs> fucking idea what to answer that question with. But right. we've done a good job. I, mm -hmm. you know, we've done our best job that we can come up with 
with the knowledge that we have. Um, so yeah, I think that's it, but it's been awesome. Thank you so much guys. Um, okay. and thanks for giving up your Sunday. I keep saying it, but you know, Sunday's a day of rest. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yep. Sunday's a day of rest, John. It is. Rev, the Rev would be dead at this point. Anyway. Turn his head off. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, also to be fair, it's not like we're jogging. No. <laughs> we are just gonna... <laughs> like my wrestling would just do this without a camera, you know? <laughs> no. That's a good point. Yeah, how tough has this been? <laughs> oh, it's been pretty tough. You know, it's years. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, and we'll do another one soon in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll, let you, we'll let you know via social. We'll let you know on the podcast in advance. And we'll get a proper season finale uh, mm. group chat going. And I think that'll be beneficial for everyone. Definitely. Awesome. Sounds and, great. Uh, if if anybody in the chat, if you know somebody that wanted to see it and couldn't make it, it's it's just it's still going to be up there. So you can you can send anybody yes. over that you want to see it, and then yeah. reach out to us on Twitter with other questions. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Bye Everyone, guys. Thanks have a lot. A great great Sunday. So that was it. That was the chat and it was really, really fun, as I said before. And I want to say thank you to everybody who got involved in the chat. And if you didn't get a chance to catch it, obviously it was very difficult because it was on a Sunday. We are going to be doing another one, like I just mentioned in the in the, in the the live chat there, probably about a week or so after the finale. We need to iron out the details of that, but it'll be the same sort of crew, maybe a couple extra people from our side uh, as well just to chat about it. So... Yeah, we're buzzing for the finale. Uh, If you have enjoyed listening to that, please do subscribe to either podcast. We are Castle Rock Critical. You can find us on any podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. And also, please do check out Castle Rock Historical Society. They're our friends. As you heard there, they've got some amazing theories as well, things that we didn't come up with. So please do subscribe to them. They're a really great bunch of guys over there. And we're looking forward to chatting with them again in a few weeks' time. Be sure to check out our other podcast, Fan Critical as well. That discusses Game of Thrones, Stranger Things, Westworld, Walking Dead, any Marvel film. We're about to do The Predator this week, which will be hilarious, I'm sure. So if you like any of that sort of stuff, please do check us out there also on any major platform like i mentioned before um thank you guys it's the home run now uh season finale this week and as you can tell we're all very excited for it so uh we'll catch you again when we release our finale podcast later on this week probably on thursday and we hope to uh see you guys then so thanks for listening and see you for the finale <laughs>